0: Podcast is part of the Sports
1: Social Podcast Network. Six weeks to go until the Israel semi-final, about time we started to speculate who may or may not be in Steve Clark's squad. I'm the Nora Podcast. I'm Andy Barge with Ben Ramage and Gordon Shiak. As usual, for one of these debate style shows. Let's get cracking. Gents, with six weeks to go, what's your instinct telling
2: you at the moment? Um I'm feeling better than I was at Christmas um, I thought Christmas brought two really unwanted presents, along with all the presents I, I did want, um, when we had John again getting a long term injury just before Christmas, and then a couple of days after, maybe Boxing Day even, Scott McTominay went down as well um, we could be looking at getting those two guys back um, so we'll see, I feel I feel better than I did then, put it that way <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, no I'm feeling positive, I think there's uh, two massive games coming up, two winnable games, you know, we've had two games to get to tournaments before, but I feel like these are a lot more winnable than, say, Holland in the playoffs or England in the playoffs. So I think there's reason to be confident.
1: I like the optimism. Guys, let's keep <laughs> it going. Uh, we'll run through the players that are in contention to be included and the certainties as well. Goalkeeping department, we can all agree David Marshall will play.
0: I think so, yeah. I think he's sort of a safe pair of hands, which obviously we need. He's got quite a lot of caps. These, are, This is going to be a massive pressure game. Uh, at in the first semi-final so I think you just want somebody that knows how to do it at Hamden, and I think he's he's that man I think experience uh, quite rightly uh, as Ben says
1: Gordon is important but I think he's also just the best goalie you look at people that are around him Craig Gordon uh, not really getting much game time at Celtic no. he's, he's not um, probably game ready Liam Kelly doing pretty well at QPR at the moment three clean sheets in his last three games and then John McLaughlin Craig McGilvery and Scott Bain there's only one man there that I want in the Scotland team and it's David Marshall.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think probably something I'll come back to a few times in this in this podcast is the idea that I don't feel this is a time for risks. I think going for any other goalkeeper other than David Marshall would be seen as a risk in these two massive high-pressure games. You know, let's not forget David Marshall started his career with a high special game of all in a Champions League game at the new Camp and excelled, you know. So he's done it in big games throughout his career. So no, total faith in Marshall. Should he get injured though in the run-up to the game or even in the Israel game? Who would you want stepping yeah. in? Oh God, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard... That's a, that's a really hard question to ask. I mean, John McLaughlin's playing a lot of football, but he's playing in English English League One. You know, it's, it's just not comparable at all to playing international football. Um, would you rather have... Craig Gordon then, somebody who's not playing as much football,
1: but has been around the cul-de-sac many times.
2: Well, we saw in the past, a guy like Alan Hutton would often, in some seasons, he would play more games for Scotland than he would for Aston Villa. And <laughs> yeah. he did he did fine for Scotland, because we had a need in that position. So, Craig Gordon certainly has the experience, he doesn't have the match sharpness, but he's got the experience, he's got the ability, so... Yeah, I'd probably I, go with
1: that I'm actually gutted Ben You can weigh in here Because you're a Hearts supporter I really wanted Gordon To get a move to Hearts In the January window He would play He would make sure He was fresh In case there was a need For a, yeah. a second goalie option For Scotland You must have been Disappointed on two counts
0: Yeah, I'd I'd say I'd actually just feel Really sorry for Craig Gordon I think he's had Such a hard He's had, had such a hard time In his career anyway With injuries You know, he's spent So much time out He's finally got himself Back fit There was a question Whether he would ever Play again and he gets back, he gets to Celtic and now he's third choice, you know, and and clubs are coming in for him and he's being told, no, you can't leave. You're our third choice keeper. I mean, that must be devastating for a guy with so much talent who performs so well in the English Premier League to have to be basically relegated to that. Um, and he really should be in with a shout. I would have him in these, at least in the squad for these games if he was playing somewhere. But unfortunately, he isn't. And how can you put how can you go from reserve games at best to then coming into Scotland's biggest game in 2022 20, years? You know, I just I think it's I really do feel sorry for him in his situation. What
1: about Liam Kelly then at QPR? I feel that one day he will be Scotland's number one. He was good mm-hmm. up here for Livy. He's slotted in fairly well at QPR. He's not been a constant all season, but from the turn of the year, he seems to be the preferred option for Warburton. He's the QPR model, yeah. isn't he? So yeah. um I think Kelly will go from strength to strength. He's playing at a decent level. For me, it makes sense to have him involved.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think perhaps perhaps Liam Kelly's time will come in the Nations League. The Nations League starts back again at the start of next season. Um, there, were certainly, there was certainly a period in, in recent months that I was getting a bit worried about the goalkeeper situation for Scotland because for so long we've been spoiled with having, you know, Marshall, McGregor, Gordon, three top-class experienced mm-hmm. goalkeepers that frankly you'd be happy with any of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we have, we have Marshall, and there was a thought that where's the next generation of goalkeepers coming through? But now I think we can be a bit more happy that we've got Liam Kelly coming through at QPR. And also Robbie McCrory as well. You know, recalled mm-hmm. from loan, he's now put out on loan in the SPFL Premiership uh, with Livingston. And it sounds like he, with Mac- Alan McGregor getting a one-year deal extension at Rangers, it sounds like McCrory will come back to Rangers next season and McGregor will sort of tutor him mm-hmm. to potentially becoming the next Rangers 1st team goalkeeper, which would be great for oh, him and great for Scotland. would be excellent just to have somebody they are ready to fill the
1: shoes and play at such a level because it looks like Rangers will be playing in Europe for the foreseeable future. Now they're, you know, quite comfortable. They're back. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> um, so, and, and Celtic have got a, a couple as well, uh, Doohan and Hazard, who are out and loan at the Championship at the moment. But I think that there's high hopes for one of them. I think it's Ross doing He's been playing at United as, as far as I'm aware. Um, so I think that although there's no one maybe ready to step in to the international fold, give it maybe two or three years, mm-hmm. and we might have somebody whose uh, gloves are, are equipped. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, defence. We'll start off in the left-back area. Robertson will play a fit. Yep. Are we all comfortable with Greg Taylor as an understudy because Keaton Tierney won't be involved?
0: I would say so, yeah. I think Taylor's shown, since he's actually had a few chances at Celtic, he's obviously had to bide his time, but I think you can see that there's a quality player there. Um, he showed that Achille and now he's, you know, I think if he gets enough game time at Celtic, I think he'll he'll be fine. So I'd be happy with him as the the understudy. He's shown Gordon in the past
1: couple of games for Scotland as well. He, he can play an international level. Greg Taylor, he's earned lots of praise from Neil Lennon recently. He's mm-hmm. I think proved that he's probably a better player than ball and goalie in that yep. area.
2: Um, he's got experience of playing for Scotland, so yeah, makes sense. Yeah, t- yeah, to- total confidence in him. I thought he did. I thought he did really well in the last two games for Scotland. I thought he debuted well. Um, he got forward quite well which I thought was impressive You know, I think he, did, he set up McGinn's goal in Cyprus so, I'm pretty sure he got an assist against yeah. Kazakhstan as well he cut the That's ball back so, yeah. for McGinn in the last minute for the third, um, for yeah, the third goal sure. yeah Could absolutely wrong, but... so he's shown good stuff um, I think from his perspective coming into Celtic it was obviously difficult not getting many much game time but mm-hmm. Bolling there's been a fair bit of criticism wafting around him all season so he, He's been confident enough that that shirt was on a sugarly peg and he he would get his chance to take an opportunity and he certainly seems to have done that in the last few weeks. I think it's Greg Taylor's shirt at Celtic
1: at the moment, the left-back one. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Lennon's been delighted with him. Well, his interviews anyway seem to suggest that. So if Robertson's not fit, Greg Taylor slots yeah. in. No yeah. questions asked, OK? Yeah. Uh, Tierney, I read up on some quotes from Mikel Arteta there. He's complimented Tierney's incredible work ethic in terms of getting back to fitness, but Arsenal need to be patient Um, they're waiting on the bone to reattach itself to his tendon and shoulder properly so Mm. we'll say it's six weeks away even if Tierney is fit and okay there's no way Arsenal would let him come and uh, be part of the Scotland squad and to be honest I think I would probably rather have a match ready Greg Taylor who's been finding a bit of a rhythm at Celtic rather than Mm. Tierney who's trying to find his way back to fitness
2: yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you're totally right it wasn't it in the November games Didn't um, Arsenal actually hold Tierney back yeah. and like, Tierney could have been fit But Arsenal said we'd really rather you didn't yeah. For your own fitness So I, I think there's no chance mm-hmm. Arsenal would want him joining up mm-hmm. And again, I think it would be a risk taking a guy that's not played many games this season at all and throwing him into these massive games. Mm. So even for the actual tournament. Save, <laughs> save, 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 save. There's the optimism again.
1: <laughs> okay, um, that sorts the left-back position, so Robertson and Taylor pretty much sorted. Mm-hmm. Um, right back. O'Donnell, for a while, had the, the jersey. I don't want to be too harsh on O'Donnell, but I think that his solidity as Scotland right-back was down to a lack of competition. Mm-hmm. He's now got competition in the form of Palmer, who seems to have overtaken him in that regard, man. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure. I'm still, I still see quite a lot of merit in Stephen O'Donnell, especially the fact that he's played with Clark for so long and he knows his system inside out. These aren't really going to be games that I would particularly want my right-back absolutely rampaging up the pitch. I actually just want the defence to be solid, and I actually think there's an argument that Stephen O'Donnell is better defensively than Palmer. I prefer Palmer as a right-back, for any other game but for these two that are essentially cup finals I would really like a really dependable solid right back that's going to give you a 6 or a 7 and I think O'Donnell is that Did
1: Palmer not do enough in the last couple?
0: I think Palmer does look good he looks I think he offers a hell of a lot more going forward because O'Donnell does not look uh, comfortable whenever he gets even near the halfway (laughs) line but I just think that O'Donnell is more solid, and that's why I would have him at okay. right back. Gordon, yeah, I think they'll obviously both be in the squad, um,
2: but I think I think Clark's knowledge and working relationship with Stephen O'Donnell could tip, tip the balance in his favour. Even in the Israel game, when we need to
1: go out and take the game to Israel, I mean, it's not. I don't think that we should really be sitting back and hitting Israel on the counter.
2: No, oh, certainly not. But then I think you see a lot of teams these days, they, they almost play with a sort of lopsided attack where if you have one fullback who is going to play really high up and they're going to attack a lot like Andy Robertson, the right-sided fullback will generally sit in. Like that's how Arsenal have been playing recently, where Kolasinac will play as effectively an auxiliary left winger to allow their left winger, Aubameyang, yeah. to go inside and the, their right back will generally tuck in defensively. So mm-hmm. I don't really think we maybe need two wingers, that are two fullbacks that are going to play. So high up. So is it a, a toss up then? Or you Well, your team O'Donnell Ben yeah. Gordon, if you had to choose? Oh, I thought it's it, it's Palmer's shirt to lose. He had it the last two games but he did well. Okay. But I have no strong feeling either way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Let's dive in to the centre halves. We have a list here comprising largely of premiership centre halves. Um we have one centre back playing for a really good team at high level Liam Cooper uh, Leeds hoping to get promoted to the Premier League is he experienced enough to
2: play or good enough to play against Israel I'd certainly I'd certainly believe so um, I've actually been watching a bit of the, uh, the Take Me Home documentary series on Amazon Prime following Leeds and just hearing a guy of Marcelo Bielsa's world experience and football knowledge he's a real scholar of the game hearing him just rave about Liam Cooper and how great he is I'm thinking what have we missed here like what what have we not tapped into yet how has he only been capped twice yeah, yeah. I know it's it, it's it's crazy
0: um when we've been hunting for yeah <laughs> it's not like there's been hundreds in front of him no that's the the crazy thing I think I thought obviously he had very two very hard games as those caps it so Russia and Belgium, Russia. yeah, yeah. And I actually think he didn't do that badly. And I think in that range. will stand him in really good stead going into Israel at home, which he will, touch wood, not have as much to do. You really just need someone that's really switched on, yeah. good organiser, good leader. He's captain of Leeds. Yeah. For me, I would I would have him as one of the two.
2: He was injured for the Cyprus and Kazakhstan doubleheader, is that right? Yeah, well, he's not He's, he's not played in the last four Scotland games. So he played in those games mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, as you said, against mm-hmm. Russia and Belgium, then missed the next two double headers. So, I checked yeah. it, I checked his soccer base before we came here today and I'm pretty sure he's been playing. He's been he playing recently for the it.
0: yeah. And the fact that Clark brought him in and played him in those two games tells me he trusts him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that would be an issue there putting him in again. <coughs> so if it,
1: Cooper is the first centre half on the team sheet? Yep. Happy with that. Okay, Charlie Mulgrew is someone who's been injured for a while. December the 7th he's not played uh, first team football. Back to Blackburn after a loan spell at Wigan and he's he played for their under-23s yesterday. That's not quite good enough, I believe, um, to make his way into the, the Scotland team for the Israel
2: game. I wouldn't say so. I mean, he again, he's another player that brings a heck of a lot of experience of playing at top level with, with Celtic and playing for, for Scotland. He did actually start Steve Clark's first five games in charge, so Clark clearly saw a lot in him and put a lot of faith in him. But with those fitness concerns, whether he's he's fit to come back in I, I, I don't see it right now
1: I I actually don't mind agree. I, I think he's a, a decent player and when mm-hmm. fit I would probably have him involved in some capacity in the squad but is it too risky
0: man? I think the last few games for Scotland you've seen his pace it's just not what it was um, I'm not sure if he was ever particularly blessed with pace anyway but to me he just looks far too slow for international football now I think you need to have at least a basic level of pace to keep up with the strikers mm-hmm. that we're going to be up against and I just don't believe he has it. <laughs> so for me, I wouldn't actually have him in, in the squad at all. I may maybe have him in the squad, but okay. I wouldn't start him.
1: Okay, so Cooper will be partnered then, and it remains, by one of McKenna, Gallagher, Finlay or Suter. In fact, to be honest, two of them might partner each other. That yeah. might opt for yeah. his last partnership with McKenna and Gallagher before mm-hmm. putting Cooper in the team. Mm-hmm. Who impresses you the most though, And who are you most comfortable with ben, From those four Scottish base centre halves?
0: That is a, that is the toughest question I think we're <laughs> going to have to answer And I think that is it's Such a big one for Clark To decide um, I thought Finley's actually looked Pretty good recently um, But is it too soon for him I'm not sure is, Has he actually got a cap Has he got
1: Scored against San Marino mm-hmm. On his debut
0: Right mm-hmm. So Clark Obviously from the Killy days as well Well maybe that... that might sway it um, Declan Gallagher has been solid for Motherwell. I'm honestly not sure. It's, there's almost two or three there that are all a fairly similar level, and I'm not really sure what takes one above the other. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a really big one for Clark uh, to decide. Gordon, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really really tough decision. I mean, looking at all his last
2: two games, he went with McKenna and Gallagher starting both games, but they were games against Cyprus and Kazakhstan, and we conceded in both games. You know, I think McKenna came in for some criticism for not closing down the Kazakhstan yeah. score quick enough. Hamden, I mean, the yeah. Cyprus goal was a
1: a belter. That was neither of them. Yeah, up. it was. Yeah, it was up. the 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 problem with McKenna for me is that I feel he's always got a mistake in him at any mm-hmm. given time of a football game. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he could play seventy minutes extremely well and all of a sudden make a hash of something and mm-hmm. the opposition are in.
0: He sometimes makes it too complicated. He'll try and go past someone. He'll try a little flick or a little turn. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you're in the middle of the pitch, but if you're at centre-back and we're holding on to a one yeah. the lead, that is not what you want your centre-backs to be doing. Yeah. So I'm not sure if he's the most uh, dependable choice for these Dep- two games. Dependable is exactly
1: the word, but I feel that he's embedded himself into the furniture at Scotland so well
2: that he's probably going to play. Mm. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think if I, if I had to guess, if I had to put my money on anyone, I think it would be Cooper and McKenna. Mm. So I
1: agree. I would play Finlay and Gallagher ahead of him. Mm. And I'm taking Schutter out the equation because yeah. he's been part of such a terrible hearts team Ben, That is absolutely <laughs> true. I, about, I, know, I thought about making a case for him, but to be honest, if you're shipping two or three, <laughs>
0: goals, <laughs> two or three goals every weekend, yeah. and I, I don't think you can go yeah. into these games on yeah. that form. We them. need
2: confidence players. Mm. We need yeah confidence players, strong mentality players and mm. you're right if you're coming in from the bottom of the league. It's it's probably hard to argue against Gallagher though, to be fair. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean he's been looking pretty good for Motherwell, mm-hmm. and I know that Aberdeen are actually on the same point. So if you're making a good case for Gallagher, how can mm-hmm. you not make a good I case know, for McKenna? But on an individual basis I'm I'm filled with far more confidence watching Gallagher as a player.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I think for me it'll come it'll come down to what Steve Clark's season training. I think he'll I think he'll pick all the names that we've we've discussed, you'll get the minute training at the Orium and you'll see how they cope and you'll see how they're how they're facing up and that's what, what
1: it'll come down to. Centre midfield, this is really where we get down to the integrity fellas. I've split up the usual suspects into a fit and injured list. So <laughs> fit centre mids that have been around the Scotland setup in recent times. Cal McGregor, yep. Ryan Jack, John Fleck, Kenny McLean, Graham Shinney, Ryan Christie, Barry Bannon, that's seven. Mm-hmm. Then McTominay, McGinn on the injured list and Armstrong has literally just come back to fitness just now. So that's 10 in total. <laughs> How the hell do we settle that down? For yeah. Effectively,
0: yeah. three positions yeah. in the centre of the park. Mm-hmm. Again, we're blessed, blessed and <laughs> also gives him a, a difficult <laughs> decision but you'd rather be that way round where you're having to leave good players on the bench. That mm-hmm. is the way that you would much rather it yeah. was you're scrambling to find someone. So it's really just who... Are we agree that he's going to play two probably in centre mid and then one a bit further if, forward?
1: If if Clark follows the template that brought him success at Kilmarnock, he'll have two runners as yeah. holding mid, or holding midfielders, two boys that will just put themselves around. Yeah, uh, They've got legs and they'll just cover, the, the, cover the ground. As yeah. Well, yeah. And then somebody like McGinn in the last yeah. couple of games that will yeah. burst forward. I was speaking to one of the Kelly players actually and Scotland had a game not long ago, where the midfield was comprised of McLean, uh, Cal McGregor, and it might have been Armstrong, I can't remember, somebody else anyway, where it, it was three ballers yeah, that you would probably yeah. describe, yeah. where none of them had the the grit or the the tenacity that Alan Power and Dicker have at Comarnock that brought Steve yeah. Clark that solidity in the yeah. holding midfield role, mm-hmm. which makes me much more comfortable thinking that we're probably better off playing Ryan Jack in there with maybe McTominay or Fleck and then picking one from six or seven players probably McGinn if if he's fit Mm -hmm. to to go forward I feel that we need if we're going to play Steve Clark way we need two there that'll just screen and cover everything just Mm -hmm. just runners
2: rather than ball players so you're saying too many ballers not enough bastards is that (laughs) the (laughs) summary you you need someone to do the dirty work don't you yeah
0: um, for me, I would go with uh, McGregor and Fleck as the two sitting. I think Fleck is having a brilliant season yep. with Sheffield United, who are flying mm-hmm. in the EPL for their for their standard, well, although in the Champions League yeah. places as yeah. it stands yeah. with he's with Man yeah. City being banned yeah. from next season. And he scored five goals as well. Yeah, you yeah. know he and I feel for, like he's actually good under box... the radar
1: a wee Yeah,
0: box to box midfielder, I think he is one of the best that we have mm-hmm. at the moment and I really like the fact that he would be coming into these games full of beans as well you know yeah. he's doing so well at his club team a little bit like we've done with Celtic before yeah. when Celtic have been flying we've used the Celtic boys I'm not sure if we can make the same argument for McBurney. we'll come to that <laughs> <laughs> but I think Fleck is flying at the moment yeah. and to have him bring that sort of level of enthusiasm and everything yeah. confidence. to these yeah, models, absolutely confidence, yeah. for me I would have him and McGregor I just think he does everything well in centre mid and he does the hard work as well. He will run, he will challenge. Mm-hmm. For me, I would have those two at the base.
1: I think Fleck, a lot of people, I'd say the, the majority of Scotland fans at the moment would want to see Fleck in yeah. the starting lineup for this real game. Yep. There's there's just so many people that could, <laughs> could partner or that could mm-hmm. take Fleck out of the equation. Jack did well when he came in in the last yep. couple of games. McTominay, I, I don't know if... if he will he will be fit. He's due to start full training this week, and it's still yeah, five and a half weeks to the game. But is is it the fact that he plays for Man United just shove him up the pecking order? Even though he's probably not playing as well as some of the other boys,
2: I I think I would I would I, would, I would take issue with that because I feel like I feel like McTominay actually been a huge part of what Mc, what anything good about Man United has been this season. I think you've seen when McTominay's not been in the side at Man United, they've struggled and they've really 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 missed him, and that's shown. Important to that squad. I was looking at their fixtures, and by all accounts, he could be able to shout and playing in the Europa League on Thursday night. So that gives him eight games that he could potentially play in before this, before the Israel game, which I'd be comfortable with. If he's played most of those games, I'd be comfortable certainly bringing him in. And for me, I would I would have him starting. I'd have, him, I mean,
1: alongside Fleck,
2: I think so. Because for me, I would see Fleck replacing McGinn. because I think. From what I read about the way that Fleck's been playing at Sheffield United, he's been playing a similar sort of role where he's been making these late runs into the box. He's been getting forward to support a striker at Sheffield United. So mm-hmm. at the tip of the triangle rather
1: than at the one of the two bases? I would see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you would play McTominay and I play, McGregor? Yes, I'd
2: play McTominay, McGregor, and then i play Fleck and McGins.
1: We, we all recognise that Carl McGregor is a supremely talented footballer. Technical ability, unbelievable. But he's been capped by Scotland 20 times and I can't really remember him doing anything great.
0: There is an argument for that because he he hasn't always replicated the same form and I do think with McTominay you have that star quality. You don't mm-hmm. play that much for Man United and become no. that important a player without having something really special about you yeah. um, and he's a physical presence as well. So if it, I would say it's maybe more of a toss-up between McGregor and McTominay. If McTominay comes back for Man United and is playing very well yeah. you know, into the last stages of the Europa League. I think it would be very easy to make a case for him. Yeah.
2: I think. I think from the the mentality perspective as well. You know, this game against Israel and then hopefully a final are going to be huge, high pressure games. Big sellout game at Hamden. McTominay plays in front of eighty thousand fans at Old Trafford. Like that pressure of being expected mm-hmm. to win, it's not going to phase him because he plays mm-hmm. in that exp- atmosphere every single week. So I mm-hmm. think that's why he slots in for me. What about Stuart Armstrong? He has come on to a game at mm-hmm. Southampton.
1: He's had a two week injury there that shouldn't inhibit him mm-hmm. too no. much. Remember when Stuart Armstrong, and I don't know that I am so Team Armstrong, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I just love him as a player. But when he came into the Scotland team in 2017, debut against, it might not be been his debut, but he, one of his earlier games against Slovenia, he ran it, but set up the winning goal for yeah. Chris Martin. Chris Martin yeah. And then he was brilliant against Slovakia in the, the 1-0 game later on in that campaign. Mm-hmm. I still don't believe we've got really any other player that, like Stuart Armstrong in terms of breaking the lines between midfield and defence when he's on his game is it easy to justify him not being included
0: it depends where he's going to play if he's going to play at the top of the midfield I don't yeah. I don't see him getting ahead of McGinn I think McGinn is arguably our best player I, I think he he would be the first name on my team sheet if he's fit mm. I think he just drives all the standards and his goal scoring <laughs> in, over this campaign has been incredible and um,
1: cool. Let's let's mention McGinn then, okay. So Dean Smith, the villa manager, has said that he's aiming McGinn to be back for the, the League Cup final on March the first. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't make that, he's gonna get three more games against Leicester, Chelsea and Newcastle before the Scotland Israel match. If John McGinn does make it, what does that where does that leave John Flick?
0: <laughs> further back in midfield. Yeah. I, I would have Flick yeah. further back and I would have in, in place of
2: McTominay or McGregor. Like, we just we are honestly blessed here yeah mm. we are we are I think I think as well I, I, for me I feel like these two games they're going to be different games where I think we're going to set up in different ways and I feel like mm. if we're lucky enough to play two games I think Clark will play he'll shuffle the deck between the two because perhaps he'll feel that against Israel maybe we can get away with having one sitting midfielder shielding mm. the defence and then have two runners that are making play with two eights effectively mm-hmm. bombing forward but then against Israel, against sorry, in the in a final against Norway or Serbia, maybe we go with the two holding yeah. midfielders and okay. stay tighter. So mm-hmm. I would expect to see different faces in both games.
1: If McGinn is if McGinn has played two, three games before the Israel game, is he involved and
0: starting? For me, he would be. I uh, yeah. I think he's probably the best we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way he creates chances, the way he takes chances, the way he leads the standard in the in terms of running and yeah. just chasing the way that suits Clark's formation and his system mm-hmm. perfectly. So yeah. for me, I would have him in. I think he's earned it. I think
2: 100% he's earned it with his form, with his goal mm-hmm. scoring. You know, I mean, what was it like six months ago we hadn't scored for Scotland.
0: Now he's got seven, I think, seven yeah. goals. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and scoring um, for Villa as well, you know, yeah, against Arsenal, yeah. against Tottenham. Yeah. You know, we don't really have anyone else like that. No. But I think
2: the bigger issue for me, almost more than who we play, is how they're going to play. Because we saw, especially in the in the home game against Russia, We had a good team out there that could have played in an attacking way But after we scored we just shrunk in on ourselves And then the attacking players that were left up the pitch had no support They were just getting long balls shelled to them We had no attacking shape And it was only really when Ryan Christie came on that we had someone that could play between the lines Mm -hmm. Take the ball in, turn up field and get the team moving up the field So, Mm -hmm. so long as we can get the guys playing in a positive attacking way Where they're taking the ball in, they're making runs forward. You could put any faces mm-hmm. in the team. We, we
1: haven't even mentioned Ryan Christie. Is that because because of the the centre midfield competition, it's worth taking Ryan Christie out of the equation and playing him wide to get mm-hmm. him in the team? 100%, yeah.
0: yeah. I think Christie's one of our best forwards now. I think he's actually moved a bit further forward from how well he's playing for Celtic mm-hmm. and his goal scoring. I think he would actually be limited in centre mids. He's not got as much freedom to actually go and create up front, and no. for me, that's where we need him. Um, playing off, if he's playing off one striker, you need the two, um, you know, creating a lot. And he, so for me, he is on the wing, on one of the wings,
1: on the right side. When he drifted in and scored that screamer against Cyprus, yep. is, is that where you want to see Christy?
0: Yeah, definitely,
2: absolutely. I think I think he's, as you said, he's he's got that technical ability on the ball that he can find more space out wide. He can run with it. He can beat a man. And he can cut in on his left. You know he set up the opening goal against San Marino as well, where he took the shot and then McGinn sort of put a toe on it to guide it into the corner. So I think him cutting in on his left from the right hand side is a real attacking threat for us. I think
1: that at the moment Christie is one of those that, that has to be in the team, whether it's in yeah. central midfield or in one of the wide positions. He's he's got that drive and impetus, and I believe as well Christie's got a wee nasty aggressive streak <laughs> And I mean, He's not afraid to shuck away and shy away. He's not yeah. going to be like James Forrest and hide. Mm -hmm. sometimes I think when the game's not going his way Christie's willing to put himself um, put his neck above the parapet and make things happen Mm -hmm. I'm sure I
0: read an interview about him and it was about when he went on loan uh, to Inverness and that really he he realised that yes you can have all the technical ability you want but you also need to battle and you also need to fight and scrap if you want to make it to the top level and I feel like he's reaping the benefits of that now and he can hopefully bring that into Mm -hmm. the Scotland team which to be honest he's already shown well, before we, before
1: we move on from sentiment field and discuss the left winger, where embarrassment of Richie's really, are we agreeing mm-hmm. that if McGinn has played a couple of games before mm-hmm. the the Israel playoff, it will probably be McTominay, yep, McGregor, and McGinn, and McGinn yep, and Fleck and Armstrong are on the bench.
0: I would have flex starting, <laughs> but I will go with the consensus. I
1: I would I would have flex starting over McGregor, but mm. I can't see a scenario where Clark yeah. doesn't play McGregor. I yeah. I know yeah. that he adores him, yep. thinks he's yeah. the model professional center mid. Yeah, so I think he's going to play.
2: I think I think the Israel game all being well and all being fit, I think would be McTominay, McGregor, McGinn. I think going into a final, an away final, I think it could well be McTominay, Fleck and McGinn. Mm -hmm. And having Fleck and McTominay playing deeper. Okay. Okay. Poor Kenny McLean. I know. (laughs) 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 I'm not looking.
1: (laughs) And and Bannon, who's been doing great things for Sheffield Wednesday by all accounts, but again, it's just competition for places. We can't, Mm -hmm. I I like Bannon, I think he's a, a very good player, but we can't, just play him for the sake of it because mm. he's quite good unfortunately for mm. him there are better
2: players at the moment we need to stay with consistency yeah. I think we have I've, I've made this point in this podcast before that I think we've been too easy over the years to pick a guy that's flavour of the month play him for 3-4 games and then let him go and mm. drop him and that's how you get guys like Armstrong who only had a couple of caps for a very long time yeah. you know and we need consistency mm. of selection You're not of expert team.
1: I think Shinny will probably be involved in the squad in some way as well he's doing uh, Fairly well at Derby. I know they're not in the promotion race, as far as I understand, but he's playing at a decent level. He's probably a valuable, valuable understudy, versatile in case Jack or somebody yeah. gets mm-hmm.
2: injured. You know. Well, speaking of versatile options, I mean, I've got a list of left field surprises, but Callum Patterson got him he's, in the strikers list. He was. Well, t- see, that's the thing. We're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> but but he could play centre mid. Could play right yeah. back. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: he was touting himself.
1: He wasn't. His his left mid. A shirt that's up for grabs at the moment. I, I feel that Christie will play, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the other side of the, the wing is between Fraser and Forest. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think
0: that Forrest will claim the jersey. It's a it's a big call, cool, isn't it? Because Fraser has been playing for Bournemouth a lot recently. Um, is that a higher level? Uh, does that give him the edge? I'm I'm not sure. I, but Forest, it depends which Forest you're getting. We've said, <laughs> we've said this so many times. Yeah. It depends which Forest turns up. If it's the Forest that will score us a hat-trick and lead us, you know, into the final happy days. But it's not always the case with Forest in the Scotland shirt. I, I think what will
1: prove to be the benefit of James Forrest is big game experience. I'm not sure that Fraser has enough of that. And also, I think that Fraser... I know I said that uh, Forrest can, has a tendency to hide sometimes when the game's not going his way, but I'm not sure I have full trust in Fraser yet either.
2: No, I think, I think I've seen flashes from Ryan Fraser I think I've seen flashes of a, a partnership with Andy Robertson on the left That I think could, in theory, work really, really well mm-hmm. But Fraser's not had a good season mm-hmm. at all I think it was actually quite brave of him He came out in the media recently and he said that mentally he's not been at it this season mm. because he's, he's in his final year of his contract at Bournemouth mm. I think he expected to get a move last summer he almost definitely expected to get a move in January and he's still there I think that's really played on his mind yeah. and it's affected his game yeah. I think he
0: was maybe close to an Arsenal move wasn't he there was quite a lot of noise oh, yeah, about that lot, Yeah. how is that not going to get in your head Yeah, I mean you,
2: you, you start imagining yourself playing at that incredible stadium mm-hmm. and then you go to
0: a 15,000 capacity stadium <laughs> yeah, exactly. again and, and you like start a, to think is it ever actually going to happen again so yeah so, yeah, he, he's mentally he's maybe not in the best position to be going into these two games, whereas Forrest is just on the back of winning trophy after trophy yeah. at Hamden. Yeah. Do you try and tap into mm-hmm.
1: that? I, I think Clark will, 100%. And again, I think it benefits to have two players that are familiar with each other in an attacking area of mm-hmm. the park, and maybe even three if Griffith's with mm-hmm. So they're they know how each yeah. other operate, and I think it's better to have... Players that are have a winning mentality and are doing it, as you say, Ben, week after week, rather than Fraser, who is struggling like with his own headspace at the moment, and part of a Bournemouth team that's probably really in the, yeah. the brink of a really bad relegation
2: battle. Yeah. Mm. Although, I mean, Ryan Fraser is one of the fastest players in the Premier League as well. You know, if you've got his him as an option to bring off off the bench yeah. later yeah. in a game, mm-hmm. he'd be a great option to have. We'd, you would have him yeah. in the squad one hundred percent. And even though I have been
1: outspoken against Forrest on this podcast in the past, I think that he uh, should play ahead of him at the moment.
0: I think at the moment, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Christian Forrest on the wings. Right. Striker. (laughs) List that I have here, um, in no particular order, Griffiths, Naismith, Shankland, Brophy, Calum Patterson, McNulty, McBurney. So... There are some decent players so in no there.
2: particular order, bit McBurney last. <laughs> <And Griffiths first. laughs> you
1: got me. You got me. Right, there there will be three strikers, maybe four. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I think the certainties are Naismith yep. and Griffiths. Yep. And yep. I think McBurney will be included. Yep. So one more, potentially, uh I think that McNulty and Brophy. no. So it would be between Callum Patterson or Shankland.
2: And I think I, th- I think Shankland's recent inclusion in squads, probably would tip his hand mm-hmm. there, you know, playing against San Marino scored. And if you want to talk about on form, I mean, the boy just can't <laughs> stop scoring. So so, so is yeah. Patterson, though. Five goals since the turn of the year yeah, for
1: Cardiff. Yeah. There's, and what I like about Patterson is that he provides something totally... Different. Yeah. If we do need a plan B or C, mm. he might be the one that's that's relied on. He's an absolute chaos agent.
2: I mean, I, yeah. I don't, you, don't, you don't you don't you don't see many players that are better in there. Uh, for- he's,
1: he's a force in nature. Oh, yeah. Big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he'll, there's any danger of him starting, but no. I think he'd be quite handy. Ben.
0: Yeah, I think. As a like you're saying, it's a different sort of threat. If if one way isn't working, then yeah. you put him up front. He's so direct. In the air, he is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so if it's the eighth minute, we're two one yeah. down. Mm-hmm. We're getting corners, shelling balls into the box. Yeah. Who do you want at the end of it? Probably mm-hmm. Cam Patterson.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. More importantly, who's starting? Naismith, Griffiths, or McBurney? I think we can probably agree that those three will be vying for the jersey. Yeah. Um, I
0: I would still go with Naismith. I think he's got fifty one caps. He leads the line terrifically well. He, he sets the, the, the tone and the standard of the team, which I think Clark really buys into. The fact that he has someone that's showing the exact level of what you need to be given every minute of every game. That is Stephen Naismith's mentality. And I think that rubs off on other players. That's why he's captain at Hearts. I think he is the safest option that's... And I think he would lead the team,
1: even though we've been crying out for a fit and goal-scoring Griffiths for about eighteen months. Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, it's it's a tough one because if Griffiths is a hundred percent fit and a hundred percent focused, he should be the number nine. The question is, will he be at that stage in March? Maybe it's one that will have to be left until nearer the time, so that we know mm-hmm. has Griffiths been back and has he been doing this for the last two, three months? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, okay. For me, that, that would be what it would maybe come down to.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's certainly there's certainly pros and cons about all three. Um, I think Naismith, I think he was excellent in the last two games against, uh, against Cyprus and Kazakhstan, obviously scored against Kazakhstan. I think the style of striker that he's got, he's almost better with his back to goal than with his face to goal. I think acting as a sort of pivot point for our attacking midfielders and wingers and fullbacks to pivot around, mm-hmm. I think he brings other players into the game really well. He's deceptively good in the air, winning flick-ons. But we have spoken about players that are playing in poor teams and discounting them on that basis and Hearts are having a historically bad season. So do we do we continue it in this conversation? I don't know. Nate,
1: Nate Smith has to be involved in the squad. I, oh, 100%. I can't see any yeah. way that he's left out unless he's not fit or injured. Starting is a different matter. I really see where you're coming from, Ben, with the experience. I think he knows how to occupy... Center half, mm-hmm. maybe he knows how to buy fouls, half. he just knows yeah. how to get his yeah. team
0: in the game. If it's a really nervous, it is going to be a nervous atmosphere, yeah. I think. As much as we all want to be positive, mm-hmm. that is a huge, huge game. Mm-hmm. And you know, when the pressure's on, we're not always the best. So why not get someone in that has just so much experience, so much quality, yep. knows how to get the crowd on site, knows mm-hmm. how to buy a foul and get the team up the pitch, yep. knows when to take someone out. You know, these are all things that he knows inside out. For me, I'm not sure you get that from Griffiths as much. If the ball fu- you, if you want the ball to fold somebody in the box or somebody to be through on goal, though, it's Griffiths. Griffiths. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. But do you, is he always going to get that, you know? do you sometimes need someone that's going to drag the team up the pitch oh. and bring, as you're saying, bring players like Christie and, and Fraser or Forrest into the game?
1: Well, and interestingly, Griffith's return to form has been with
2: a partner in crime, Edward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing in a 3-5-2. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. certainly. I mean, his, his, his form is undeniably excellent. I've got to run down here. four goals and two assists in his last seven games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's happy, he's healthy. He's playing regularly, which is just so good to see. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that can continue. They've got big games in Europe coming up. Um, I think if I was to predict right now, I think all things going well. I think Stephen A. Smith starts the game against Israel with potentially Griffiths coming off the bench, if required. Mm-hmm. That's hopefully looking towards a final that Griffiths would start. Mm-hmm. And I think you leave enough in Griffiths' legs to start a final. That's mm-hmm. that's that's how I would see it playing out.
1: Mr McBurney's not in contention then.
2: <laughs> I think there'd be a Twitter meltdown where he'd to start which which I think is so unfair. Mm-hmm. I think people have written him off because it was Beard and his socks and it's yeah. just nonsense. Yeah, but a bit of a twat.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but then you know we've talked previously about the combinations of you know playing the Celtic boys who know how to play together. Well. Fleck and McBurney are linking up every week for Sheffield United in a team mm-hmm. that are fifth in the English Premier League so mm-hmm. if you're making the case for Fleck you're at the same time making the case to start McBurney mm-hmm. you know? and
0: I think McBurney has been written off as a striker far too quickly for Scotland mm-hmm. a lot of the time because he's just played up by himself mm-hmm. which is a very lonely place to play if that's not the best way that you play up front for me when he plays off someone he is infinitely better I think it was the Russia game where Matt Phillips, Matt Phillips came on, came on yeah. and suddenly he looked like a player yeah, but th- the point of that is that he needs someone to play off. When he has that, mm-hmm. as you see with Fleck, it yeah. works
1: as a pairing up front or uh, some day midfield.
2: Who's somebody coming off in. Right, he, okay. needs, he, yeah. needs more he needs he needs more support. People close to him. He yeah, really needs, because he's he's certainly. I mean, you look at the the physical shape of him. You know, he's built like a five pound note. He's, yeah. he's not the guy that's going to hold up. You know, I yeah. think I think it was the the comparison in the Russia game where he had we had McBurney and they had Juba yeah. and Juba could handle two center halves single-handedly yeah. <laughs> and McBurney could not yeah. you know yeah. the um, are we not interested in Oli Burke I don't think he's uh, no. he, he scored last week became the first I got to score in yeah, La Liga so since 1977 yeah. something like that it's a start but, but he's not a big deal he's not, playing uh, yeah. he's not playing enough I'm not having Oli
0: Burke involved if he went on and scored 10 say so <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay let's get him in. but yeah I think we've got enough other options yeah so you two are
1: Fancy Naismith yep. ahead of Griff, okay. With Forrest on the left side and
2: Christie on the right, yes.
1: cutting in. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. I think
0: there's plenty of invention there. Yeah.
2: Um, because because then, as I said, when it if it comes to a final, if you're then playing the same wingers with Griffiths, you've got that. That's mm-hmm. a that's a Celtic front three. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a promising place to be. Yeah. God, what a discussion. Um, <laughs> there, there are
1: players that we haven't mentioned as well. I mean, Lewis Morgan. It's not going to be involved he's off to America yeah. Russell and Phillips on the wing I can't see any of them threatening to break into mm-hmm. the, the team yeah. the, the midfield options are just ridiculous it's it's such a hard decision I wonder if it keeps Steve Clark awake or if yeah. it ends up just Daydream,
2: daydreaming about it at the wheel yeah, yeah. <laughs> who am I going to play in midfield against are you trying to say that Craig Levine was on something with four six zero? 6 just <laughs> crowbarring <laughs> in all of our midfielders <laughs> <isn't it>? <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was uh, an
1: option as well I'm pretty sure Steve Clark played Cal McGregor wide at one point as well mm-hmm. uh, left side maybe, maybe there were injuries at that point or something I can't remember but, um, but basically running through what we've Kind of majority voted on here, yeah. so Marshall and Nets, Palmer ahead of Donald two to one. Yep. Um, Cooper and Gallagher did we say or Finley? I think that was the one spot. Sure, we're yeah, but sure. but yeah. we but we all think McKenna will be in the starting lineup, even though I, I don't think any of us would pick him. Uh, we think he'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. Robertson were comfortable with Taylor as an understudy. Mm-hmm. Midfield, it was. I think the majority vote was. Providing everybody's fit, McTominay, McGregor, and McGinn. Yep. yep. But I, I'm so torn with like I think he needs to be in there, and I would probably have him over McGregor. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it just doesn't. Yeah, just yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah. yeah Between yeah. the three of us, it doesn't work. Um. Anyway, any three, and going forward, Christie on the right, Forrest on the left, and Naismith, uh, the Griff. Yeah. Gosh. Right. Okay. Well, six weeks. Let's just hope that. None of them. No one gets injured. Get really badly <laughs> injured. It might make the discussion a wee bit easier, yeah. but yeah, it's a, it's a strong squad. I think the biggest problem is coping with the pressure. There's, I, I don't think I know you're talking about McTominay and uh, some of the Celtic boys uh, having pressure on them every second week at home in front of sixty, mm. seventy thousand people. I think the expectations here are going to be ridiculous. Yeah, and we have a track record of not coping
0: with mm. that. Mm. That's I
1: wonder, why I, I wonder if the away game... and uh, give, me, give me a straw that I can hold on to for yeah. this statement. I wonder if an away game in the final would suit us better because there's not away that, away from that expectation. expectation. I think I that's, that.
0: that suits Steve Clark's style as well. You yeah. know, that's how he got so much success at Killy was being the yeah. underdog and having a team set up mm-hmm. to absorb pressure and then get something mm-hmm. on the other end. And yeah. That could actually suit him for the final. And I think as well. Potential all, final. <laughs> right. The straw
2: that the straw that I've been clutching to since about November is that Serbia and Norway are two very, very good teams. You know, they've got great players mm-hmm. on both sides of the coin. So I feel like those two playing against each other, I don't know which way that's going to go. I don't know how you call that a game. So my hope is that on the Thursday night, they spend 120 minutes mm-hmm. kicking lumps out of each other and knackering themselves out to get one over on each other. Whereas our game against Israel, I think we're a better team than last time we played Israel. I'm not exactly sure how well Israel are. I mean, their, for, their recent form hasn't been great. I think they've won one game in their last seven. So best case scenario, we get a reasonably comfortable or as comfortable as we can manage mm-hmm. win on the Thursday. Whereas those two batter each other to death. And then when it comes to Tuesday, we'll have a freshness advantage. Mm-hmm. And not,
1: not to wish ill on any player, but if Haaland was to pick up an injury... Oh and Odegaard was to find himself slightly on yeah. the wrong side of the match that, 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 cool. that, yeah, that, would, that would be fine that would be that would be okay, would be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right okay then we shall convene let's say a week before the Israel game or so when it's upon us and we can really set about yep. well, we've got the squad yeah and we've got the yeah. squad and yeah. who's injured etc etc okay right we'll see you in six
2: weeks then fantastic <laughs>